Hey guys, my name's Sophia. Hi, I'm Rahul. And uh, I'm Kishan. So what we're going to talk about today is identity. And we're just basically going to talk about like self-expression of our identity, if it's good or not, and how we express our identity to different people and how they perceive it. That, that's basically it, right yeah. guys? Yeah. Today's, today's starter is we are going to think about the question, is change the only fun part in life? I know, I know this is... I'm just going to say that Kushan's been coming up with the very, very deep questions to be on the podcast. Yeah, I just, I just, yeah, think, I just not- think that we should flesh things out a little bit. Okay. I mean, they're, okay, okay. they're a bit too deep for me. Okay. So is... Dude, dude, dude. Let me just say something. You know, um, in Chinese today, I was reading like my textbook and stuff. And literally, it started going into such deep, like, conversations, like, on, like, about this girl's, like, failing future. And I was like, what is this? And my Chinese teacher had to, like, explain everything to me. And I was like, no. I probably wouldn't understand a word of it if it was in Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, start us off, Kusha. Right. Is change the only fun part? See, I think we've all realized when we're moving to quarantine, moving to online school and whatever... The first, the first week or maybe the first few days, it was fun, right? This whole new experience, you've got to try out all these new things. However, as, it, as time went on and we settled into some sort of routine that we do every single day, it becomes more and more draining on ourselves and we feel more lethargic and tired afterwards. Yeah, no, like... I agree. As we are, we've discussed like so many times about this whole thing about you feeling lethargic after I know, online I know. schooling. I mean, not too much for me. Um, to be honest, I don't think change is really necessary for me to have fun. I enjoy uh, sticking to a routine, following it, and that's what brings me satisfaction in life. Honestly, if I'm talking like. Like, it kind of really hit hard when Kushan first brought up the question, is, like, change the only fun part in life? Because, like, I don't know, like, I love going into other countries, like, in the holidays and summer holidays. I always go back to Romania for, like, the holiday. And it's such, like, a fun and unique part of, like, my year that I just, like, my identity shifts when I'm in Romania. And the newness and the freshness of it all is just, it's really fun. Like, what can I say? And, like, whenever I go into a new country, it's all just really interesting when I look around. And it's it's so fun. But, like, one thing that kind of hit hard is um, I've actually been in this school since K1. And I think what is missing for me now whenever, like, every day when I go to school is the freshness. Like, I would actually kill to go to a new school. Like, I just experience how it is to be the new kid, you know? No, yeah, same. I've I've been in this school since grade one, and even though, I, I mean, I do really like everyone, most the people here, uh, but change, like Rahul, you were talking about change doesn't affect you that much, but think about it. If you take a look at it, like, from a very, I don't know, micro perspective, whatever you do in your day-to-day life, you, you still change things inside what you're doing. Am I right? And that's, it's that change that makes you do, that makes you happy. It's not, it can't be something else. I like, mean, even if it's, like, the small stuff, like, changing what you eat. I mean, yeah, but I think that, like, change, the change that we're talking about is a bit more, it's a bit bigger than just what changing what you eat, right? 
And I guess if you're saying changing what you eat, that's what makes life fun. Yeah, then yeah, I wouldn't eat like pasta 10 times uh, in one week or something. But I would. Um, <laughs> well, I love pasta. I love pasta. Don't get me wrong, but I would not eat it 10 times in one week. I would eat maybe like three or four. But yeah, like changing changes like that, that's not really, I thought, what we were discussing. For, no, for me, I think, no, I know, I know, but... If you take a look at both, like, a really micro scale and a macro scale, Rahul, it still is, like, really important, to me at least, for both ways, because it's it's the fun, it's exciting, it adds the spice, it gives me new experiences, new opportunities that I can, like, use, I can have fun. If I'm stuck in a constant routine, and even if the routine is something that I like, it'll eventually get dreary and boring and want to leave it. And, like, that's all, that's why, you know, like, so many people dream of, like, different stuff, you know, sometimes people are in love with, like, okay, people just, sometimes people are in love with the idea of love in the sense that they feel like their life would be so much more exciting because of the change if they had, like, a boyfriend or whatever. No, and I completely agree. No, I, I mean, maybe, like, if you're in love with the idea of something, you're still in love with something, Right. And it's this idea of change, and maybe you might say, oh, but that's not really change, but I still think it is. It's this idea, this hope even, that things will change, that I will be, I'll get to experience change and get to experience new things. I think that's what brings the fun in life. I guess I'm the oddball out here then, because I, I don't really adjust well to change if some, if, if like a change like this coronavirus, right? Like, yeah, I, I got to learn that I like a slower pace in life. But, like, if it disrupted for a long period of time, I certainly wouldn't like it. I prefer just sticking to this routine. I've I've immersed myself in it, so I'm used to it. And also, back to what you were saying, Sophia, about this idea of be, you want to be the new kid in, at school, right? Honestly, I don't like that kind of attention. I prefer to just, like, stay in the school I am. I hate moving schools. Like, I, like, I remember I was in Thailand Trust. Um, in infant school, and you I were? yeah, I know I was uh, for four years, Bruh. and I did not want to move whatsoever. I was like, no, I really don't want to move because I hate that new kid feel. But when I moved, it was all right. But really, I feel so much better if I just stick to where I am. But that that like ties into what we're talking about today. People want like change, because, especially like in schools or for me, because like it gives you the chance to rebuild your identity and to rebuild how people think of you. Because if I'm being honest, sometimes at the school, like you people already have like a stained like um window on what you're supposed to be and they don't really accept or like realize your new change and like sometimes I feel like I'm kind of running out of people that don't hate me (laughs) if you get that no no like I do understand what you're saying that way actually because like there's a stereotype that oh like like I know people say like when I go into class oh you're expected I'm expected to like ace a test or something because like I'm like the smart one but that's not true I've learned that there's so many other people who are who are smart with like common sense and things that actually matter right and also like yeah. I, I don't want to have this expectation riding on me that I need to get like sevens in every subject because I don't think that I can really sustain that I'm doing my best to do it but obviously if I don't do it people are going to be like oh, the the smart kid didn't get seventh in this subject and I'm just like I can't live with that like burden and you know that like one kid that okay so I think all of us here are really like pretty smart you know and you know that like 
if you like do badly on a test like maybe on a math test and that one kid that's like maybe not so bright yet it's like better than you and you know how they rub it in your face that's like the most annoying thing ever <laughs> no but like the worst thing is when they put that look of surprise like for example in one of my science tests i didn't get like a great score and then the, uh, another person got like 10 percent higher than me they were that they, they their eyes like got really wide and they were like oh, you didn't get a seven i'm just like no, I didn't, and then I have to go through that, you know. Mhm. Yeah. Um. So. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So coming back to that, I think though it's possible. It's definitely possible to change the way people perceive, uh, the people's perceived uh, feelings of you, how they think you are, is definitely possible to change that. And it just it just requires you to change as well. And if people aren't up for changing themselves as a person, then obviously then thus other people won't change their views of you. Okay, so Kushan, let's move on to your second very, very deep question. Take it away. What is it? Okay, is fearing mediocrity good? I think that kind of links back just now, but it's basically what I mean by that is being what? Being normal, average, or below average. Scared of being Scared of being like something... It's, it's people because people want to be they want to be something it doesn't matter what they want to be but they want to be something they just they want to be at least the best the cream of the crop in something they don't want to be they might be average in other things and they're fine with that but they're they want something there for them to excel in so, yeah what they care about especially you, you know that thing on TikTok where, like, people are, like, the CEO of, like, something random? That's just a way of trying not for them to, like, be insecure of what they're good and good at and what they're not good at. If I'm not wrong, that got carried to Instagram as well. CEO. Um, well, and you know the thing is that, like, um, um, wait, I think I forgot what I was going to say, but, um, I think that, you know, oh, you know how people want to die, but they want to die and have done something, like, done, so they'll be remembered. I feel like that's a fear for, like, any, everyone. Yeah, no, I, I completely mm. agree. And I think this, this, the question is exactly about that. They want to, they want to feel, like, as if they have done something. I want to feel as if I've done something by the end of my life. Yeah, same thing. But what is, is that, is that good? Is that good? Is this fear good? Or is it just creating like an unhealthy, an unhealthy what regiment that we are trying to get ourselves to follow, but it won't work? Okay, I have a theory. Okay, I have a theory. Hear me out. Okay, so I think to some extent, it's really good because it pushes you to like, test your limits pushes you to be the best of the best like if I was pretty talented at piano, which I'm not I'm super bad at it. Um, like, I would continue keeping pushing myself till I'm, like, really famous or something like that. But then it comes to a point where, like, you really, like, no offense, but you have no chance at doing it. And these expectations are just weighing you down so much. Okay, and so this is my theory. I think being, ex like, accepting of yourself and being content with you, who you are, and not having the pressure to be the best or in the sense to be happy, because I feel like happy is such an unrealistic like feeling. To be content is so rewarding. To be content, um, so okay, go ahead, Rahul. Yeah, 
So I think this whole idea of mediocrity and like and like being better at something doesn't necessarily go proportionally with being happy. Like if you get better and better at something, doesn't mean you'll just start getting happier and happier as you do it. Yeah. Like to a certain extent, yes, right? You feel better about yourself when you're doing something better and thus you feel a bit happier. But then again, if if you're putting in so much work into something that you don't really care about too much, you just want to get rid of that like fear of mediocrity or of being mediocre or something. I think that it's not worth it. I think it's, if you want to do something for enjoyment, do it for enjoyment. Don't do it just to be the best of, of the best. Yeah. No, but Rahul, I think the point that you're missing here is people don't do it because they like it. It's, it's somehow ingrained in them that, oh, I have to do this. I have to do this or this and that. And then they, they grew up with this expectation built from themselves, maybe by their parents or other influences in their lives. But it's not, it's not said directly. It's just indirectly there as a future fear, like, this has to be done. If I don't do this, then I don't amount to much, right? They have this... So that's really unhealthy. No, I know. I know. That's what I'm... That's that's what we're trying to say. It's, it's a very unhealthy thing. But at the, at the same time, I don't want to push people to not be great. But, at the, but they need... I think being accepting of yourself and being content with yourself are two different things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you should okay, always guys. be accepting... But be, being content, being content, yes, it's something that you wish to aim for. It's very hard to achieve, though. I think it's very difficult to achieve. Yeah, yeah 100%. as Sophia said, it, it's not so easy. It's quite, like, out of reach for okay. many people. And it's, like, you're content sometimes, but then you, like, drop. No, I think happiness might be easier to achieve than contentment. Contentment is what? Like, enlightenment. All this, you know, have you, I don't know if you read, like, I, I this book I've read, that. really great, Siddhartha by Herman Hesse, definitely recommend it, but it talks about the Buddha, and, like, enlightenment, and nirvana, and all that, and I just, no, I just, uh, one second, I just think that being content is possibly much more difficult to get than being happy. Actually, yeah, I, I, I find that really interesting, because I think being content is, like, more of, like, a, a permanent feeling. Well, being happy is a very temporary feeling. Like, you can feel happy when you're doing something, but then you can immediately feel sad after that. Content is being, like, accepting of your life and, like, saying, okay, I'm all right with the life I have, like, on a long-term scale, in my opinion. So. Mm-hmm. Okay, I think what we should go on to talking about now is what is identity? A big question, but it needs some answers, especially as we're all going through existential crises as teenagers. Crises. <laughs> crises. Okay, I'm sorry. Rahul. No, I'm Rahul sorry. Like, I, I can't help it. I can't help it. Rahul is like the grammar king. Like, <laughs> when you're always correcting Vivan. <laughs> Vivan. Okay, um, okay, people... Well, I think identity means different things to different people, so... Would you like? Would you guys like to speak a little bit about what identity means to each of you? Um, I think you should go first. Yeah, you seem pretty confident on it. Um, okay, I think I- identity is a very difficult concept to grasp. It's what you consider yourself as, but identity may not uh, maybe part of which whichever groups that you think that you are part of that you feel connected with, but it doesn't necessarily need to be validated it's whatever you feel of yourself does not need validation from other people and if it does maybe maybe it's not identity it's a goal that you're aspiring to because something that is truly yours you don't care what other people think of it yeah and i think that's 
like that's a really big part of it but I think to like actually like break down identity like it's hard for us to kind of like really understand who we are like right now I think like let's go with a really really simple example like in like amongst like TikTok girls or like any girl like or like even boys like we have a style identity you know our signature style how we dress and stuff and maybe if I dress like a super if I dress super vintage that would be like my identity but like how do you think that could be like applied in like other aspects of our lives your identity influences uh your behavior definitely but to what extent it depends what extent you do it to right like you have some people who make their identity their personality and I don't want to say that's wrong I'm not passing any judgments and there are some people who decide that their identity is not the is not the main reason that they are doing something or they want to do something they have separated in, in some sort of sense they've separated themselves from their identity which I know sounds like paradoxical but I still I think there is a distinction that you can make for me I think Identity is to do with like your race, your culture, your sexual orientation, your sex and all that. But I think it's also to do with your priorities, what you think is important to you. And that also makes like an internal part of your identity, right? And I'm um, going, yeah, Sophia. Oh, yeah, just adding on to like Rahul's point. Like, I think identity in the fact that like ethnicity, nationality, it really affects your identity and how you perceive yourself, how other people perceive yourself. Um, yeah, and like how you um, portray to the world. Like, so sense. I just wanted to bring up a point. Like, we're all expats, I'm pretty sure. So, like, how do you weigh up that identity? Do you consider yourself Singaporean? Indian in Kushan's case and Romanian in Sophia's case, or a bit of both? Well, um, if I if I could go first, like, I I actually have such a, like, I, I love, like, my identity and the fact that, like, I'm, I'm mainly from Romania, but I'm also Bulgarian, um, Turkish, uh, Moldovan, and Greek. But then I've all, I was born and raised here. And the fact that, like, some Singaporeans fail to, like, understand that, like, expats can, um, can, like, feel Singaporean because they were grown here, like, kind of annoys me, you know? Singapore is all about this racial harmony, but how much of it is actually getting put into place? And I think a large part of my identity is, yes, in fact, my, like, European side, but a large part of, like, my identity is also because I grew up in Singapore. I think it's a big issue with many third culture kids, people who have all these different many influences. It's very difficult for them to build their own identity, I don't know, make their own path when they have two different things and maybe they're two different, they're two like different things. Like they have different opinions, different influences. And it's very difficult for people like us to, I don't know, forge our own identity, what we think of ourselves. And that's why for us, I think it's less rigid and maybe, I'd, I don't want to make a generalization, but I, I'm going to, uh, please don't, like, I don't mean to do anything. But um, I just think that maybe for us, it's more separated than other people. And that sort of creates, like, a maybe a divide. 
Yeah, you know that, like, thing, like, with one friend group you act this way and with another friend group you act this way? That's kind of, like, what you were kind of saying. But then also, I think that when we, like, all three of us, when we find our actual, like, identity, I think it will be, like, a really special one. Because it's, like, unique and cool. Find, find. On a personal okay, friend. Go ahead, Ron. Yeah, on a personal friend, actually, I feel like your upbringing makes more than 50% of your identity. Like, yes, my passport says I'm Indian. Yes, I do have family I really care for who is in India. So that part is my Indian side, right? But I think, like, my mind has been shaped so much when I'm in Singapore that, like, I th- I think mostly, like, an international student also because of school, right? And I don't know much Hindi, which shows that, like, I've lost a lot of the side that makes me Indian and makes me a lot more like international that that is that's also a third culture you battle with all these different things and you want to keep all of them because you don't want to lose any relations you don't want to lose this feeling of oh i'm indian i'm singaporean i'm romanian whatever you don't want to lose that feeling but at the same time you want to gain new things and i think that's why for us it's much more it's much more fluid and sophia you're talking about finding identity i think I, I no. To be honest, I think that's quite a misconception. You don't find your identity. Your identity is always within you. It's never like you can't just like like you sculpt it. It becomes part of you due to your experiences and then the influences, maybe your upbringing, whatever. And I think that yeah. is what makes changing, makes yeah. you your uh, like yourself. That that makes sense. Yeah, I never really thought of it like that way, but that makes more logical. That's more logical. And going back to what um, Rahul said, like, about, like, languages, like, I don't know about you guys, but, like, um, I, like, I know how to speak Romanian, I know how to write it, not the best at it, let me say, like, the, whenever I go there on holiday, the little kids laugh at me for, like, my accent, like, my grammar and stuff, like, not the best moment, but, like, I think cherishing the, like, people in your separate, in, like, the separate sections of your life, like, the local school kids, I have a lot of friends with them, and it's so fun, but also I try to, like, really keep my friends from Romania, like, I think I just reconnected with this guy, who's my neighbor, and it's, he's changed so much in, like, the past six months, it's crazy, but I'm, like, glad I had the opportunity to talk, to talk to him. I just had a quick question for you, Sophia, how long have you lived in Romania for, like, in total? What do you mean in total? Like, like, you lived in, you lived there for a period of time, right? I didn't. I, I was born and raised here. Oh, born here as well. I thought you were born in Romania. No, yeah. So, like, it's different because my sister, like, lived there for the first few years of her life. So she's a little bit better than me. But then, like, of course, like, I, I go, I spend at least a quarter of, like, my year there. Like, either in the summer and the winter, yeah. Oh, that must be why. Because, like, I, I go to India sometimes, but not enough to really immerse myself so much in the culture that I can, like, regain that knowledge of how to speak the language. Like, okay, Rahul, I, like I think my Hindi might be a little bit better than yours. Uh, much better than mine. I can, I can read, I can write, and then, like, speaking. I can For speaking, conjugation and stuff, grammar, it just comes to me naturally. I think that's, like, a mother tongue thing or whatever. And I can understand almost everything. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly, right? And... So I think it's, Flex. and then obviously for English as well, English also comes naturally. And then it, it's how, it's, I don't know, a sort of representative of how we battle with both sides of our identity. And th- these are just two, there's many more aspects, right? It's very, in- it's an interesting way to look at it. 
Yeah, totally. Okay. Okay, I think we should move on to the next question. And I think that um actually Kushan brought this up and he said, What does my inner critic tell me? What do you mean okay. by that? So inner critic is inner voice, is your inner voice, whatever uh you have an inner monologue. I know there's like a what there's a condition where some people don't, but I think most people at least have some sort of thing inside. I don't know how to describe it. It's a bit like hard to but something inside that is like oh this is good you should go for this uh, i don't know just maybe your opinions personified in another yeah. way like the little voice inside yeah. your head actually the voice usually comes to me when i'm feeling like scared or fearful of something it's like obviously i have nothing really big to be scared about but like an occasional things like when i have to like give a speech or something you know that inner voice tells me that like it's not good enough and people are gonna laugh at me I don't know about you guys. Is that like is that only you? Like I have like conversations with like the voice inside my head. Like oh, I, I don't. Yeah, I don't. Like like I think like I like I plan like I think a lot about how I'm perceived inside my head, and I think like oh how will they feel about this? How am I gonna say this? Like do you guys not do that? I don't. Obviously, I, I do. I mean, we don't interact with the inner voice at all. Really, I. Oh, it only just tells me stuff that I don't. Oh, I no. I think I also like talk with it, but my I, I don't know. My inner voice is personified in a different way. It's just myself. It's my own. It's yeah. That's me. That's no, me. And then yeah. I mean that might be everyone. I I don't. I honestly don't. I can't. Know. I think it's everyone. Yeah. Almost everyone. But some people. I mean, obviously it, it is, guys. But okay. I just think that the way I talk to it is is it just helps me further. I don't know. It helps me analyze things. It helps me. I like stop for a second. I'm like, oh, is this good? Is this bad? Is it helps me decide my develop? I guess was the word I was looking for. Develop my thinking. It is it, really, I don't know. It's a very powerful thing, and it's just part of me as well. And I think that's like that's what makes it like so special. Like it helps you understand like the rawest form of yourself. But then when you said that like your inner self is just um is basically like you. Like, you're talking to another version of you. Like, maybe not the most public version of you, but a version of you. But that's what makes, like, some identity disorders really, really interesting. You know, like, a multiple identity disorder. Like, I was watching some videos on it, and it's like... Of the, okay, so this lady, she has, like, multiple, like, voices inside her head. And the thing is, some of the voices, some of the people inside her head take like different roles like controlling her body some of them like remind her of her past her child some are the like protectors which like comes out like in like in different situations and some of them come out in like others and i think that's what makes it so cool but like i i would i just want to put a disclaimer that usually identity disorder like like those come from like abuse like abuse from when you were younger and when your personality and when your identity was um developing like if you suffered any abuse so i just hope um you're not trying to romanticize any mental illnesses sophia i i'm i no 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 i i i don't want to do that but i just find it such a cool concept in the fact that it really shows the different parts of your like mind and how you can be like different person inside yourself and how you portray yourself to the outside like world. for example you were talking like maybe a little devil and angel on your shoulder right two different 
personalities because <laughs> they still have to stem from yourself. There is no way that someone else is controlling them, right? It's all within yeah. you, and it and it it could come from different parts of yourself. And these two differing differing things, if when they like when they combine, maybe then is that that is when that is when uh, identity crises happen. Yeah, totally. And then, uh, wait, so uh, I one think second. I think, and then another question, just uh, leading on from that, is: Is your inner voice? I'm asking this to both of you. Is it more critical than it is not? Mm. Um, it's not critical. I don't think. Um, uh, my... If I was, there you go, Rahul. So, like for example, uh, as I mentioned, one of like a few, like giving a speech in front of like every, the whole grade. Remember, like we were doing our student council speeches. Oh, that that was our, okay. Sorry to stop you there, but like. Um, right before I was about to go on stage, I think I was second after Rushi, and Rushi is like, stu- like used to be like Stuko queen, so I was, to say the least, intimidated. But then, like, I was when I was sitting there at the bottom of the stage, I was literally pooping myself. But once I got onto the stage, like it was so fun and exhilarating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you have that like extroverted personality that really does catch on. But um, I guess my inner voice is more like. Is more it doubts itself. It's like it feels like, as we all said, it's it's a version of us, right? So it's it's like a part of me, and then it 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 just starts to like doubt myself, but not in a critical way, in just like a very like fearful way. Like it experiences the emotions I feel, but just like starts to turn it on itself. I I don't know how to explain it. Mm-hmm. Okay, for me, my my inner voice. I think everyone's inner voice is critical. Otherwise, it would just be yourself because obviously right but i think everyone's inner voice is different in the sense that it shows maybe how much it represents your insecurities in a sense if you know what i mean and so it like it 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 usually exemplifies them and does not diminish them and i think that is why like people get like really i don't know frustrated annoyed uh with you know their thoughts and stuff sometimes I think that's another reason why a lot of people like um their advice to like you know say positive things about themselves but like aloud like if I was struggling with how I look I'd say you're beautiful but aloud like to kind of counteract that like inner voice but for me personally I think my inner voice is just reflecting how I feel about myself because sometimes like my inner voice like damn she's like really supportive she's like hey you know what you're doing let's go for it but uh, yeah I, I don't know I I like I like it like it's not that critical for me I'd have to agree with that no yeah no no definitely I I, oh. I also agree I, I I just think that what I said before it's representative of your insecurities, yourself, how you perceive yourself. And maybe it's just, you don't say those things out loud, but it's there and it hears you all the time. So guys, what do you think about like having self-confidence in your identity? For me, I think Hmm. what self-confidence is, is a big part of myself. I really like to, I don't know. I would like to say that I'm a confident person. I would like to say that I am, outgoing and I like and I like talking and I like what is confidence to you that that's that's a that's an interesting question I feel like to me it's it goes on like two parts like firstly like okay 
um before like a few years ago i don't think i was confident i think i was just like compensating for like the things i knew was like wrong with me like or what i felt was wrong with me like my inner critical voice and i was loud just to compensate for what i was missing but i think over time like when you fake it you make it like i that never hit so hard except with like my self-confidence because like um you can either be self-confident like confident like when perceived by other people like you you can go up on that stage and you can take the like take like impress the crowd but like having confidence in yourself like in your mind is also really important Mm, to me confidence is like you have a sureness in your abilities and yourself that even when someone like starts to doubt you you can still like be sure that you can do something right like like for example i'm not that confident in the sense that if someone told me are you sure about this I'd start to doubt myself really heavily. No, definitely. And I think if you don't doubt yourself, then you're just being a bit stubborn. You know? Obviously, there's a difference between being confident, overconfident, and being stubborn. When you're confident, yeah, that's confidence, I think confidence is a trust in oneself through maybe abilities or whatever they're doing. But I think confidence is having self-confidence is having, is what? Is being clear that my my thing is correct, but you still accept other people's viewpoints and consider them. Obviously, if you shut out other people, I don't think that's healthy. And that's not confidence to me. Yeah, to me, to me. Oh, yeah, sorry. Yes, go ahead. No, okay. uh, I'll just keep this really quick. Like, um, I I would say, like, I would kind of disagree with Akushan. Like, I'm kind of, um, I'm I'm confident, but I'm I don't take criticism very well. If you know what I mean, we were talking about it before. But I think that's like part of like my identity weakness. Like I think I, like I need to grow in the sense that I need to stop being so like defensive when someone finds something wrong about me. Mm-hmm. I think it's just that like uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but it might be that thing about how you can take things a bit personally it, rather than take that like it's. The criticism is towards the idea, not to you. Like, I don't know if that's... Yeah. But... Like, yeah, go. But anyway, about my... um, Like, about what Kushan was saying, I actually agree with that. I think that's the difference between confidence and arrogance. Like, if you're arrogant, you'll tend to, like, say, oh, I'm right. No one else has a worthy opinion, right? But if you're confident, you respect everyone else as individuals, but you also respect yourself. And respecting yourself, I think, is so important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Guys, do you think that people give us, like, like, would you think you get a lot of negative feedback, especially when expressing your own self-identity? I mean, for me, yes, I have gotten negative feedback. But honestly, it's not from people I actually care about their opinion from. So, Ooh, yeah, so, so, <laughs> so it's, it's never really hurt me. In fact, it maybe has just strengthened me because they're, they're not my friends, right? They're just the people who are trying to put me down. So most people, wait, so go ahead, in, Sophia. Oh, wait, you go. Yeah, most you people go. I think are quite supportive in the sense that if I want to express myself and express myself, that's such a, such a, what, like subjective and abstract term. Like it depends, like there's so many ways that you can express yourself and it's very different from person to person. And maybe some ways are people people would be more, more I don't, less supportive, I guess. But for me, at least, I think most people 
obviously there are some people who are always going to be putting you down, who have negative perceptions of you always. They Maybe they're jealous. Maybe they have ego, whatever. But lots of people, I think if you find the right people, they maybe you see it a different way, but they are there to support you and help you and they'll make you into a better person. Yeah, 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 definitely. But I've gotten only positive feedback from people I actually care about opinions from. Yeah, Sophia. Yeah, and I think, like, the difference in the extremes, like, one will go to, like, show their self-identity also, like, differs. Like, some people, like, do it purely, like, physical. But, you, you know, like, those, like, really, really, like, dressed up, like, people. Like, I think I once saw this girl in the street that was, like, full-on goth with, like, giant ball round like ball gown dress like just like like going into the market and i thought wow she is so cool and i think that's such like an admirable thing like even just dyeing your hair like stay tuned for that there might be some progress on that in school sophia no. um <laughs> okay we, we probably shouldn't say anything but um but like just doing simple things like that i think the release is really nice because you like, after you do it, you kind of scare that people will judge you. But, like, I think once you do it, you'll feel more confident in yourself. And that goes back to fake it till you make it, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely, no. And I think I think it's... Your identity obviously comes out when you speak or anything. Comes out any way you decide to express yourself, your opinions, whatever. Your identity comes out. Um, and it's how, it's how you express your identity that may form other people's perceptions of you. Because your identity is the same nonetheless. But those people, those other people, they don't get to see your true identity. And I say true very like loosely because it's hard to define. But those other people, they only see the way that you express your identity. And that is a thing that influences their perceptions of you. And I think that's very important to recognize that sometimes people may not yeah. understand what you are trying to get across or who you are. But they are still, they may have, their intentions may not be, like, malicious. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. And I think that I think, even, 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 if you go, even if you try and stifle your identity and not let people show, like, you not, not let other people see it, I still think a part of you will still be shown. It's impossible to completely push it down. And the more you push it down, the worse you'll feel yourself because that identity will kind of stick with you and you just have to deal with it. No, I don't think identity is... Back- oh, sorry, go ahead, Sophia. No, no, you I don't think identity is a burden, Rahul, and it should never be. And if it is, it is not. Identity is something that you are proud of. And if, it, if it's a burden, remove it from yourself because identity is fluid. It cannot be rigid. It cannot be structured. It is how much you feel yourself to be part of some sort of group or some sort of community. And identity is never very rigid like, oh, I'm part of this. This may have negative influences on me, but I'm still part of this and I cannot leave this group. You can choose to no, no, meld. No, like your... what I meant. What I meant by that is, like, for example, your your culture, right? So, sometimes people feel more associated with, like, the like if you're in Singapore and you're an expat, you might feel more associated with Singapore. But like, the other, like as we had discussed before, like your the other country you're from originally, that's still a part of you. And some people embrace that. Like I embrace that, for example. But some people don't embrace that so well, and I've seen examples of those. No, and I think I think that's still that's still okay. I mean, sure, I would I would I would argue that embracing your uh, past culture is so much better than like just forgetting it. But I think it's their own choice, 
And obviously, the, like, the reason that they made that choice maybe from, like, outside influences, may, which may not be the best decision for them in the long term, but it's their own choice, and it's their, it's their, it's the way that they choose to meld their identity, and that is, uh, we can't, sure. we can't, I don't think it's fair to pass judgment. Yes, Sophia, go ahead. Okay, that's, like, that's fair. Adding on to, like, what Kushan said, like, if I take, like, a really, really common example in Singapore, it's, like, the whitewashed Asians, like, if I'm, yeah, because, like, the thing is, like, people give them so much hate for trying to, like, erase their culture and trying to be something that they're not, but I think, like, if you feel that way, because identity is how you feel, not how you look, mm -hmm. and I think if you feel that way, you should be ex um, be able to, like, express it however you want, like, go for it, and, um, yeah, so I think that's what I'm no, with, with glo Yeah, with, I didn't think of it that way. That's a good point. With globalization, identity has really changed because now people have so many new influences along with advancement of technology and the internet and, you know, people moving around, uh, immigration, immigration, whatever. There are so many different ways that you can perceive, yeah, perceive yourself, just one second. Um, and I think that that is what changes and people some people don't understand that and that's why they blame someone oh you're whitewashed oh you're like a banana or an oreo or whatever <laughs> what okay but i just wanted to say one last thing i feel like sometimes oh even though you feel some way people might not um, like even if you your identity changed, sometimes people's perception of you and your new identity might not like fuse together. Like I feel like a lot of people still like see me as the same person I was for three four years ago, which I completely don't think that's. I know I think yeah, and I guess that whole idea of rep reputation, right? Like the idea that people still like hold you to the same standards as like I don't know so x years ago x years ago. And which I feel is completely like unfair because you change over time. It's, it's going back to what I said before. Um, I think identity is yourself. You have your own identity. The way you perceive your, the way you express yourself and you express your identity towards other people is how they will perceive you in the end. And if you don't change mm -hmm. that or if they don't see that change visibly, then they are not going to change their perceptions of you, no matter if your identity yeah. does change. Mm -hmm. I think I think what we're trying to do say like in from this whole podcast you do you be part of who you are you rock yeah you yeah. Be, be yourself and like don't care what other people think of you you should be confident in yourself and your identity you can change your identity however you want like put more emphasis on some things rather than others but you should definitely you should not you ha you may have insecurities we all do I do Rahul does Sophia does but you should definitely, you should accept yourself. You should respect yourself and you should trust yourself. And you should okay. always, one more thing, sorry. You should always make sure that if your friends don't accept you for who you are, that's fine. But try and find that group who really do like respect you for who you are. Okay, I think we'll wrap up the episode here. Guys, yeah. what I really want to say to all you listeners is that make... Okay, I like all of our listeners basically listen on Spotify. So don't forget to follow this podcast on Spotify so you will get notified every time we post on Mondays. And yeah. And yeah, follow and our Instagram handle is UWC Dover Class of 2023 because from there you also get updates on like what our next podcast is about, etc. 
and I know we were talking about like bringing in guests for next time. I swear we're we're doing it. It's just hard to organize. But um, for a sneak peek of what we're doing next time, we're thinking of doing something about IB subjects and choosing them. Okay. Okay. Thank, Thank you, you everyone. everyone. Bye. 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 Bye.